Hey, Mom. Hey, just checking in. What's you up to? Uh... Adam Johnson. Adam? You know, Adam's missing, right? All right, kids aren't coming to school. It happens all the time. I don't know if you're paying attention to roll call, but he's not the only one that's gone. You're nuts. This is my son, Charlie, and his girlfriend. Hi. So Jerry is our new neighbor. Hey. Hey. Now listen to me. We graphed up all the disappearances. That's you right there in the center next to his house. I really hate to be the one to tell you this, but that guy, your neighbor? Jerry. Yeah, he's a vampire. <laughs> that is a terrible vampire name. Okay. Jerry? you. Your mom, there's a kind of uh, neglect, gives off a scent. And your girl, she's ripe. It's on you to look out for them, because there are a lot of bad people out there, Charlie. What's that? Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that'll slice and dice or praise and hype a movie. Each and every month there's a thing, and as it's February, i.e. the love month, I'm doing Love Sucks, aka vampire movies, which included uh, Fright Night 1985, Fright Night 2 1988, Vamp, the little known Grace Jones movie, and tonight's movie, Fright Night 2011. Yes, I know there's a Fright Night 2 2013, but that movie is beyond fucking atrocious, so I'm not doing it. Watch it for yourself, mind it. Why? So, here we have it, the remake to the 80s classic, no one asked for, an awful 3D Fright Night. Uh, I saw this back in 2011, an awful real D 3D, and had to take my glasses off uh, midway through because my eyes were so bloody well strained. In fact, I almost walked out. So, this is the first time since 2011 watching this, and all I remember from this is awful CGI, David Tennant's terrible magician act douchebaggery, and Colin Farrell's hammy as fuck overacting. So let's just sink our teeth into this uh, like it's a ripe apple and chew it down to the core. It's Fright Night for Real D. Uh, with its $30 million budget, this thing pulled in $40 million. Uh, now, not only do we have multiple movies called Halloween, Night on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, House of Wax, well, technically there's three of them, 
cycle out of the haunting and I can go on and on and on. But now we have two separate Fright Nights. Uh, in other words, Hollywood, stop fucking remaking movies and try something new. Mm, that's an interesting concept for you, a bunch of fucking hacks. Anyway, moving on. Starring Anton Ayelchin, Tony Claret, Imogen Poots, and it's Imogen, by the way. Not Imagine, or a fucking how some people pronounce a bloody thing, Imogen. Uh, David Tennant, Colin Farrell, Christopher Mintz plays, directed by Craig Gillespie. The plot, see for it, 85. Uh, no, seriously, it's the same fucking movie, but worse. Okay, here we go. After a mysterious new neighbour moves into the neighbourhood, uh, does a former geeky teenager think he's a vampire after a string of bodies are found strewn around the town? Thing is, is this all true? Hmm. So the teen goes to help in the form of stage magician to kill the vampire. Hmm. Can he save himself, the town, his girlfriend and his best friend before it's too late? What do you think? So the movie opens up on melodramatic music as the camera zooms onto a small suburb town and we are into an attack on a teenager, which we later find it is Adam Johnson, played by Will Denton. And we find the house has been ransacked, his family is dead, as on TV the news reports the death of an unknown woman. Uh, the body has been found several hours earlier, which means Jerry has killed twice in 24 hours. I mean, was a greedy stone, so like that. And the teen runs for a gun, and then hides under the bed where his parents' dead bodies lie. His father's body is dragged off screen, and... As he's trying to unlock the gun, seconds later, he's killed. On two shots of the desert. And up pops the titles as the camera pans down to show a suburb straight out of Edward Sutherland's. As kiddies play in a setting sun. It has rows and rows of empty houses. And it is in the middle of nowhere. Why would anybody want to live here? It must have been bloody crime central. I mean, for fuck's sake, the nearest town is a good, what, 25-minute drive away? Why in the hell would you want to live in it's Vegas, for fuck's sake? I mean, crime central already. Moving on. Here we meet Charlie Brewster, played by the late Anton Yelchin of Star Trek, Terminator Salvation, Odd Thomas and Green Room, as he argues with his rust bucket of a dirt bike, saying he'll take it apart piece by piece, taking great pleasure in doing so. Because this thing never works. We also meet Charlie's mother, Jane, and oh my god, the names are in this movie, are they feeling alright? Played by the great Tony Collette of Six Sense, Muriel's Wedding, The Night Listener, Max and Mary, check my archives. Krampus, again, check my archives. Hereditary and a velvet buzzsaw. She, unlike an original, has a job and isn't just written off screen. Well, not yet anyway. She is a real estate agent selling the houses in the middle of nowhere neighbourhoods. Because that's a great job right there. And the sale at this thing has been here for at least five years. So why the hell is it still empty? I mean, uh, dear God, I suppose it was after the housing bubble crash. But still, she's loading up her people carrier with wooden signposts and signs and gee i wonder if these were used later on she also is suspicious of the new neighbor as to why he has a dumpster full of rubble and concrete yet he isn't digging a pool up pulls amy played by imogen poots of 28 weeks later need for speed a green room and filth in her ultra hip a vw a beetle that's a bug for my american listeners with her two unnamed friends as she picks up charlie to go to school wait 
What the fuck? The sun is setting? Why are they going to school? Oh dear, oh dear. Anyway, Charlie's mother tells him it calls and she's fed up fielding calls from him. Just tell him you're no longer friends and get over with. Ouch! So Charlie is a little bit of a dick in this then. Okay then. So he loses the spots, gets a new girlfriend, hangs around with the quote cool kids, read them as douchebags in school, and now he's too good for his friend. What a complete cunt. Speaking of the douches, we meet Mark, played by Dave Franco of Superbad, Scrubs, 21 and 22 Jump Street, Bad Neighbours 1 and 2, Now You See Me 1 and 2, Nerve and Disaster Artist, and oh my god, I think guys got a thing for sequels. Also, Disaster Artist is probably the worst movie I've seen in a long time. Anyway, he mops Charlie for drinking an iced coffee. Fast forward 8 years and they're all the range. And uh, yeah, I forgot the other douchebag, bro. Ben, played by Reed Ewing, of 10 roles for sleeping around, Crush and Modern Family. And these two are just vapid, airheaded douchebag cunts. And I've used that word twice, but they are, so fuck off if you're offended. Uh, I should stop swearing as much, meh. He takes the piss out of Charlie for saying he's batting away of his league with dating Amy. A, with an emo haircut like you or me, I wouldn't fucking mock anybody. And B, Amy is just another vapid, shallow bitch at this high school, so Charlie can do much better. And finally, here we meet Evil Ed, played by the ever geeky stereotyped Christopher Mintz Platt of Superbad, Kick-Ass 1 and 2, Paranorman, and How to Train Your Dragon movies. And I do not like this guy at anything he's in. He always plays the put-upon geek loser, and it's frankly getting tired and old. Anyway, he pulls Charlie away from his new besties uh, to tell him Adam's missing and might be dead, but Charlie wants nothing to do with him and just wants to go back to hang with the cool kids because he's a complete douche nozzle. Plus, these guys are bullying dickwads. Why do you want to hang around with them? I mean, for fuck's sake. So, Ed threatens to spill all Charlie's dirtle secrets, such as playing with Lego, uh, the geek conventions, and tying a stretch Armstrong around his dick while jacking off. Wait, what? Do people actually do this? Okay, then. Moving on. I didn't do it when I was a teenager. <laughs> Jesus. Moving on. To shut Ed up, Charlie agrees to check out Adam's house, but he's too busy with the plastic Amy to actually remember. So, Ed checks out the house himself, but not before blackmailing Charlie, again with the videos of him in tights dressed as Knights of the Round Table. I guess this is why he's, quote, evil Ed in this, because he's a complete dick also. Back with Charlie, he finds his mother flirting with the new neighbour, Jerry, played by Colin Farrell of Balak Essential, Tigerland, Phone Booth, Daredevil, Alexander, Oliver Bosses, and Dumbo. And I do not like this guy in anything he is in either. He always plays the same slimy-ass dickwad. I mean, he is such a fucking bad actor. Plus, his Jerry Dandridge has none of it. He isn't sexy, he isn't smooth, and he isn't threatening. He's just a bro and a wife-beater with a douche haircut and the broodingness, which he is fucking atrocious at. Both Amy and Charlie's mother practically throw themselves at him. And I wouldn't, I saw the video love, he burbacks. God knows what many STDs this guy has. Jesus Christ, and I'd give a shit if that was a couple of years back. I mean, really, who the hell burbacks? 
dear, oh dear. And I love the fact in this scene, the sun is down, i.e. going dark, then it's up, i.e. bright, and then it is dark again. What the fuck, director? Have I heard of filters? Jesus Christ. Charlie checks his phone to see a text from Ed, threatening to put a video up of Charlie dressed as a knight. As Charlie runs to Adams, does Jerry eat an apple menacingly? Oh, scary. <laughs> None of it. Finally arriving at Adam's house, does Charlie and Ed check it out? And hello, wouldn't it reek? Four dead bodies in the desert heat. I mean, it's been four days and no, there's no smell of dead bodies. Get in. Ed breaks in by breaking in. I mean, he goes through the doggy door. And why is there such a big doggy door? It's a fucking Jack Russell they have. Why is it? Got yeah, moving on. Door's big enough to for a fucking husky. Then digs into his duffel bag, pulling out a wooden stake and a cross, telling Charlie he thinks Jerry is a vampire. So, the roles are reversed here. I see that they are Hollywood, made it even bloody worse and even more ridiculous. Uh, they then check out the house again, wouldn't it reek, finding it empty and weirdly clean. So, Jerry cleans up his killing scenes and get in. Here, Ed pulls out a map of the neighbourhood, pointing out all the empty and or abandoned houses are around Charlie's home. Therefore, Jerry is a vampire. Great reasoning there, mate, you know. Mm. Charlie snaps at Ed, telling him he's read well too many Twilight novels and it's all on his head. Also saying he's on drugs, with Ed saying, yeah, it's all a riddling. Uh, terrible joke. Ed tells Charlie he found all the information on vampires on Peter Vincent's website. So Charlie scoffs what the magician in leather trousers and bandanas that Peter Vincent? Wait, wait a minute here. Charlie is supposed to be the great big fan of Peter Vincent and Peter Vincent's supposed to be a horror host. How in the hell? Why is he a stage magician all of a sudden? And also, couldn't it have made him a survival host like Bear Grylls? Oh wait, they did in fact need to New Blood 2013 and that was a piece of garbage so hmm. Uh, Ed goes on and on and on about Peter Vincent being a master of the dark art and a vampirologist. What the fuck a vampirologist is when at home? <laughs> so Charlie tells him it was cool for him to make things up when they were kids but he's a man now and doesn't believe in make believe. This pisses off evil Ed so we get you're so cool Brewster with absolutely no emotion whatsoever why is this guy cast he has none of it I mean as much as I hated Stephen Jeffries else he had it I mean he was annoying douche nozzle but he actually had presence this guy has none of it he's just a stereotypical fucking geek Oh my god, we're 70 minutes into this nearly two hour movie and I hate everyone in this fucking movie. Well, maybe not Charlie's mother, but everyone else is just a shallow, empty dickhead who doesn't give a fuck about anybody else, just gives a shit about themselves. I hate this fucking movie. Ed calls Charlie a douche and his girlfriend a skank, so Charlie pushes him over, saying his life got much more better when he stopped hanging around with them. Ouch. With that, Ed skateboards home, right into Mark, who pushes him around like a bullying dickhead that he is. Ed runs for it, dumping his bag. God. Mark stops chasing him because, yeah, bullies stop chasing after 10 seconds. Who wrote this? A fucking... 
Uh, Talk inside the bag. We're finding it full, full of water, wooden stakes, and crosses. Uh, what was if Jerry is Jewish? <laughs> Ed runs into Jerry, who has been hunting him all night. So Ed uh, breaks into an abandoned house, thinking he's safe. Until Jerry just walks in, saying it's abandoned dickwad. Also, he's been watching him. Watch him. Ed runs, but Jerry stalks after him with nowhere to hide. Ed hides in a full of water swimming pool. Wait, what? Here, Jerry glamorizes Ed, biting him with some terrible CGI mouth and fangs. Cut to a video of Ed and Charlie fighting dressed as knights. Wait, it's on YouTube, yet no one in the school is bullying Charlie, Ed, or Adam over this? Or it didn't go viral? I think not. Anyway, this kitty playfighting is just ridiculous, with fake swords and plastic shields and ketchup for blood. Actually, scratch that, I watched the behind the scenes stuff, and it's even worse. They're wearing bath mats, towels, and other kitchen appliances all over their body and shit. What the fuck is... Uh... And Ed gets his mother to record it. Moving on. The next morning, Amy shows up to pick Charlie to go to school. At school, Charlie doodles vampires, aliens and UFOs, showing he's still a geek at heart. Oh, bless. Here, Charlie notices Ed is missing from school. So, Charlie checks on Ed, but his parents say he isn't home as he left earlier that morning. Wait, what? So he hasn't turned his mother and father in? Okay, then. With that... Charlie checks out Edward's, uh, Edward's Ed's a bedroom, finding videos he shot of a Jerry, showing Jerry doesn't show up on camera. So now Charlie knows everything is true. Jerry really is a vampire. Wow. Returning home, Jerry asks Charlie for beers as he has a girl coming round. A quote, good thing, what the hell it's called. So, in Charlie goes to raid the fridge of Budweiser's. Nice product placement there. As Jerry tries everything to get inside, but Charlie doesn't invite him in. Charlie keeps him at the door. As at the door, Jerry tries to worm his way into Charlie's head, saying his father ran out of him in two, and he can smell the dispersion come from his mother and Amy, saying they're ripe for the plucking. Again, is this supposed to be scary? I'm getting bro dickhead more than scary. Alpha male bullshit. Uh, going to his bedroom, he finds Amy in there reading some romance novel. Yeah, because millennials read books. Mm. Should she be on, oh, I don't know, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, etc, etc, not reading a fucking book. As Charlie's mother just let her in to wait for him. Wait, what? So, uh, this 17-year-old girl is waiting in her 17-year-old son's bedroom as he's out and she's at work. What the fuck's going on here, America? I wonder child fucking teenage rates are skyrocketing. Amy pretty much throws herself at Charlie, but all we can do is spy on Jerry. And this is the teeny bit from the original movie. The whole rear window stuff. Again, bullshit. Because if a teenage boy whose girlfriend has kept him at bay sexually for nearly a year, says, I'm ready now. He'll bend the pants faster than she can say, I am ready. And be a two-hump chump, for God's sake. Charlie then notices Jerry's good thing is the stripper neighbour across the street. Charlie's a thing for. Charlie pushes Amy off him, so pissed off, she storms off. Later that night, Charlie is sleeping. He is awoken 
by a woman screaming. So he calls the cops, but Jerry just charms his way past them by acting like a complete douchebag bro. But where the hell's that mother, by the way? Because this must be about, I don't know, midnight or something like that. Who sells houses that time of night? I mean... Uh, by the way, where is the manslave? Where is his Renfield? Or would that be thought as too gay? Hmm. Jerry leaves, so Charlie breaks into his house using a phone app to break into houses. Get in. Uh, once inside, he finds Jerry has been doing a lot of construction with hidden rooms behind a closet wall. These rooms are holding cells. Not before finding a room full of weird vampire lore, including a huge mural on the wall, which Charlie Chips a snaps a picture of using an old fucking 2010 Samsung, which would have had a really shitty camera, yet when he prints them off later in the movie, they're filled high definition. Get in. Jerry comes home, so Charlie hides. Uh, shouldn't Jerry smell him? Here he finds the holding cells behind a closet door, or wall rather with one of the strippers in one of them. He rescues her after Jerry bites her, which Charlie just spies on from another empty cell. Okay. Charlie runs outside for the stripper, but she explodes into dust in the sunlight, buffed the vampire style. Now, Charlie is fully on Jerry's radar. The next morning, Charlie tries to warn his mother off Jerry, but she thinks he's being overprotective and doesn't want to listen at school. Charlie Googles Peter Vincent and then takes a security guard's coat who is playing slot machines no kidding, and pretends to work for the local newspaper while visiting Peter in his Vegas strip penthouse apartment. Okay then, how the hell did he get from... Oh, moving on. He sneaks backstage to see a rehearsal of that next performance from Peter. Here we finally meet Peter Vincent, played by David Tennant of Doctor Who fame. And he's a mixture between Chris Angel and Russell Brand. The rehearsal goes to shit, so Peter storms off stage having a diva strop. Peter takes Charlie upstairs for an interview, and here we find out everything about Peter is fake. The tattoos, the tash, the clothes, the <clears throat> charm. He's just a pervert and a complete and utter dickhead, selfish, narcissistic dick. And he is also highly unlikable. Tennant is playing it like the 10th Doctor who is just past caring, swearing, being a dick to people, and just being disgusting, talking about crotch rot and how Withers doesn't breathe. Charlie questions Peter on how to kill a vampire, but Peter just laughs at him, saying, how the fuck should I know? Here, Charlie levels with him, telling him about Jerry, and Peter just throws him out of the apartment. As the sun is setting, Charlie slowly realises he has no backup while riding the world's slowest lift. He returns home where he hangs up garlic, crosses, etc. etc. as outside his new douche bro friends watch him and mock him. Jerry comes out of nowhere, catches them and unsubtly eats them right there in the open, turning them instantly. What the fuck, Jerry? Subtle much? Amy shows up and lets herself in. Rude! Then questions Charlie as to why he's acting all weird. So Charlie tells her he doesn't want to see her anymore and wants her to forget about him because he doesn't want to see her get hurt. Just then, Charlie knocks on the door, but Charlie doesn't let his mother open the door. So Jerry shouts through the door that Charlie has been stalking him and he broke into his house. Charlie's mother tells him to call the police then. So he rips up the gas main, blowing the house up. Really, movie? So he fails one time to charm his way in, and it just goes homicidal. 
And this guy's supposed to be over 400 years old. Yeah, fucking right. With the house now on fire, Charlie, Amy and his mother run for it in her people carrier. Jerry gives chase, but not before throwing Charlie's dirt bike at them. Which, of course, he got to work because he's a douche bro and he's a... F got to say, this swirling camera CGI is annoying as all fuckingness. Also, is this shit supposed to be scary because Jerry's acting like a spoiled brat? This is not scary. It is more annoyingly fucking stupid. God, this movie... Jerry rams them off the road and blocks the road, so Charlie rams him with the minivan. However, from under the van, does he rip open uh, the bottom of the van? This causes the van to crash as Charlie's mother sees the vampiratic claw. Uh, however, as I say, the van crashes, so he's she's rather rear-ended by another car. This driver is a JD, played by Chris Sarandon, but Jerry just eats him with his fucking shit CGI mouth. And what's the matter, Farrell? Doesn't you like fucking wearing latex? Hmm, I'll explain that fucking bird barking. You know what? I don't know what's worse in this movie, Colin Farrell's douche bro vampire, the cheap CGI, or the fact everything comes at the fucking screen. Fuck you, 3D! This fad has to die immediately! I hate 3D movies. <clears throat> Charlie holds Jerry at cross point, which I think is the same cross used in the original movie that Peter Vincent had, but Jerry just laughs at him holding a cross as it bursts into flames, saying, You've gotta have faith. Faith, faith, faith. So Jerry throws him up against a van. So Jane saves her son by sticking him with a 21st century sign. Or 23rd, fuck that company's called. Cute yet more laughable CG as Jerry awkwardly jarries off screen, pulling the stake out of himself as Charlie speeds off in the wrecked car. Take his mother to hospital because she just faints. Kidding. And I actually burst out laughing at this pathetic scene in the cinema. Was that supposed to be scary? Because the whole gyrating thing and the terrible CGI was just hilarious. Back at Peter's Vegas penthouse, does he finally look at the pictures taken by Charlie, which he left earlier that afternoon? He finds out that Charlie was telling the truth, as the picture that Charlie took earlier of the Muriel is the same thing he has in his safe, therefore it's real. Meanwhile, in the hospital, Charlie's mother is in a coma from a fainting spell. Karen. So Charlie puts up crosses all over the room and leaves to get help from Peter to take on Jerry. Cut to Peter's penthouse as he spews out he knows all about vampires and he then tells him Jerry is the last of a tribe of vampires from the Mediterranean. They don't kill outright but snack on their victims for days and he was recruiting an army real soon. So why the fuck did he kill Adam quick then and why did he... Peter then gets a visit from Evil Ed, dressed as a UPS man. Peter holds him at bay with a crucifixion nail, because of course he does. And I love how he holds it as a sonic screwdriver. Uh, just then, Peter has a fucking cowardly streak and runs to his panic room, locking out Ed, cutting off his arm, also locking out Charlie and Amy. Amy and Charlie fight the one-armed Evil Ed. And this wire-foo fight is bloody awful. Jerry walks into Peter's penthouse because of course he can walk into a penthouse just like that you know 
So Amy shoots him with silver bullets, which have no effect, even though they fucking well should. Silver works on all supernatural creatures. She then throws a cup of holy water in his face, which I believe is in the... Uh, what's that cup called again? The um, Holy Grail. Hmm. This causes more awkward jerking motion as Jerry's face burn off. Back with Charlie, as he has half cut off Ed's head. Just as Ed is going to bite Charlie, does Amy smack him out of nowhere around the side of the face with a mace? Where the hell did you get a mace from in 2011? Charlie sticks the annoying Ed, and yep, just like the stripper, he bursts into Ash, Buffy the Vampire style. Yay. Getting a little douche noise off stage as much as possible. Same. Uh, with that, they run down the stairs, just as Jerry raises with his face all brand spanking new. So staking doesn't work, silver bullets don't work, and holy water doesn't work. What's next? Sunlight? They knew Jerry was a pathetic wannabe vampire fucking posing vlogging douchebag, so they protected him as much as they could by making him look like a badass, but it doesn't fucking work. He's a pathetic douche nozzle. Amy and Charlie run into a club where, yes, just like an original, Jerry turns her by using blood from his finger, smearing it over his lips like lipstick, and gives her a kiss. So it's that easy then to turn people no biting, just blood smeared lips. You get in. He then bites her. What the fuck? Later that morning, Charlie asks Peter for help, and here Peter tells a story that his parents were killed by vampires decades earlier, hence why he's into this whole vampire lore stuff and the magic stuff and blah 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 blah. So why is he such a fucking hack then? Charlie calls Peter, who is now drunk, a coward. So, so Peter hands him a magic stake that's supposed to turn all Jerry's victims back to human. If he sticks him with it, doesn't that happen anyway? You know, kill the head vampire and the rest will either die or turn human, depending on how long they've been turned for. Um, back at the hospital, now the sun is up, Charlie goes to kill Jerry. He arms up at the local gums gun store, because of course he would, with a crossbow and a fire-retarded suit. Now rambled up does Charlie break into Jerry's house, smashing all the windows as he searches the house. Smart. Finding Amy, who is now wearing a white dress. Nice touch there, movie. In a holding cell, she's dragged underground. Peter shows up with a shotgun and stakes and other striped shit, useless tat, and he takes on Jerry. So he's now got a new bloody set of balls then. <laughs> Down to go into Jerry's underground lair. As Peter takes on Jerry, Charlie finds Amy. And here we find out, wait for it. Jerry killed Peter's parents. <gasps> nice twist, didn't see that one coming, did you? <sighs> yes, I did. This is fucking pathetic. So was that Scream 2 impersonation? Charlie now deals with the vamped out Amy, as Peter deals with Jerry's army of vampires that he turned in the months since moving to Vegas. He's been a busy boy then. First he digs all this fucking underground lair and builds the whole building stuff and takes on a whole army for a matter of weeks. That was quick. And i got to say, I hate Amy's CGI quote great white shark smile. Thankfully, Charlie sticks her, but it has no effect. Charlie then runs to save Peter from a swarm of vampires, shooting the ceiling as in pours sun, keeping the vampires at bay. 
in walks Jerry to monologue a bullshit speech about how Charlie cannot win. As this is happening, Peter is turning into a vampire because he's been bitten dozens of times. That was quick. Jerry mocks Charlie as Amy sucks blood from his chest. Charlie gets Peter to set him a light. He then bum rushes Jerry, setting him a light. It does Jerry throw Charlie around, spinning around in full vampire mode because of course he would. And again, this CGI vampire is fucking terrible. Peter shoots out more of the ceiling uh, with his handy dandy shotgun and now bathed in sunlight and on fire does Jerry fully turn into a CGI mess of a huge ass vampire. Charlie stakes him with the magic stake and just like in Supernatural, the demons pour out of all of his victims' mouth with Jerry finally ashed up and explodes, taking out the vampires that are older than... I don't know, a few weeks old, I'm guessing. Oh, but Amy, who should be dead by the way, Charlie may have missed her heart, but he still stabbed her through the fucking chest. She did. I don't give a fuck what this movie she had. She is dead. And all the newbie vampires, i.e. the douche bros. Peter puts the on out the on-fire Charlie as Amy checks on him, but it's Peter that kisses him first, and then Amy. Cut to that night in Peter's penthouse as Amy and Charlie finally fuck. As credits roll on this piece of shit. So, uh, that was Fright Night 2011. Not a patch on 85 original. Hell, I need a patch on a fucking 88 Sprite Night 2 for crying out loud, Jerry isn't scary. He comes across as a cocky douche bro and not threatening a one little iota. I hated Evil Ed, the cheap CGI, the awful acting from Faro and Tenant. I mean, these two are hammy as fuck in all the wrong ways. In fact, I hated everything about this fucking movie. I'm going to give this thing a pathetic 2 out of 10. Still, Come back next month for B-Movie March Madness. My look at Evil Dead 3, The Stuff, Bud, I said Chud, 2, Bud the Chud, Creepazoids, and um, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. April is Aliens, May is Star Wars prequels, June is Batman, July is Piranha, August is Hitchcock movies, September is Stephen King movies, October is House on Haunted Hill, November is Night of... And December is End of the World movies, because why not? Don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod, where you can vote on movies I will cover. Or email me, Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com with movie suggestions. Don't forget to check out my other horror franchise podcasts, such as Underworld, Resident Evil, Hellraiser, House, Blade and many, many more. Also my solo podcast of Dracula, The Thing, Child's Play, Elvira, and more. Uh, bye, and remember, I watch these bad movies so you don't have to. Now, if the price I stretch Armstrong. <laughs>